everybody welcome to episode 179 i believe 179 of the art and jacob do america podcast i'm your host in the place to be mr jacob p and sitting right across from me is the glorious return of the brown recluse mr art trail art say hello to the millions millions and what millions the, whoa what the fuck there's another voice in this house it's pretty haunted uh we will introduce him in just a second guys whoa speaking of that's like a rock reference right yeah the rock dude the other day yesterday uh, I decided to Google a bunch of like the worst uh, finishes, finishers or whatever in, in like in pro wrestling. Okay. And um, I always thought, so he has the rock bottom, which I guess mm-hmm. is very popular, but he also has the people's elbow, yeah. which I remember when I was in junior high, that was really popular, but apparently it's like not well liked. Like it hasn't aged well or something like that, like by newer fans or something like that. So like that made number two. I was like, what? Yeah. That, like I remember being like, Every fucking like wrestling fan that I went to junior high with doing the people's elbow on each other. Yeah. Anyways, I was shocked by that. Yeah. You must was, know what they're cooking. Yeah. It was because um, the reason why he had those two finishers is obviously the rock bottom was his, you know, finisher finisher. That's like you're done. You're you're fucking yeah. scorpion. You're taking off the mask. You're blowing the fire and flames. Right. Uh, but the people's elbow was it was meant to be ridiculous because him and Stone Cold Steve Austin had a deal where like who could pop the boys in the back. Now popping the boys in the back just means like who can make them everybody laugh in the back. And so like that those were the things like him and Stone Cold would do like they would do like you know live on air like unscripted. And so he did this whole elaborate like deal like with the people's elbow that was like super over the top, super cheesy. Like did not do anything at all. But it turned into being a fan favorite at that time. But it was all just to make everybody in the back Th- laugh. That's the thing that like threw me off because I remember being like super fan favorite. Like it was a move I knew and I didn't even watch wrestling. Yeah. 
like another one that threw me off and I won't spend too much time on this was um Biggie from uh oh, yeah he has one where like he basically lands on his own arm mm-hmm. and like it knocks out the other person somehow. <laughs> I don't know. I guess people also don't like that one. Wrestling fans don't seem to like that one. But the number one, I don't remember the wrestler's name. He was like a little guy. I guess he's still in, in the WWE. But he does a move where he basically climbs up the person and then somehow he flips the other person around, which is very assisted by the person that he's flipping. Oh, yeah. I know so like about. apparently like that's like the most like hated closing like finishing move ever or something according to w for some reason I, I went down this like rabbit hole yesterday of like because what's the what's the wrestler that does a thing where he like slaps his arm and like it turns into like a snake or oh, something santino morella yeah i was like that's so cheesy yeah but it was funny so I, I thought he would be like in there but he was not it was well liked it was well received anyways guys you know what else is well received caveman coffee guys go to cavemancoffee.com check out their entire inventory they have all kinds of delicious things going on if you like pumpkin spice, which I like pumpkin pie, but I don't like pumpkin spice, but they also have hibiscus tea. They have all kinds of things. Jacob fucks with the nitro cold brew because he's trying to like be good to his kidneys. Uh, all kinds of things on their website. They got hoodies. It's starting to get cold out there. Mm-hmm. They have hats. They have all kinds of things. Guys, check out their entire inventory. Check, check it out. And then type in America at checkout to receive 15% off. That 15% off goes towards helping you with a lower price. It also helps us. And while you are drinking your nitro cold brew out of your caveman coffee mug, take a picture of yourself, be a basic bitch and do it and tag us, tag them. It shows them that you listen to the podcast. It helps us. And uh, that's all baby Jesus ask of you. <laughs> baby Jesus. Speaking of baby Jesus, make sure you check out our other sponsor, El Yucateco Hot Sauce. Guys, the kings of flavor since 1968. That is 50 plus years of flavor town. 50 years, guys. That's half a century. Flavor town, man. <laughs> That's a I put some of it. If I ever commit suicide, I'm gonna put I'm gonna dip a bullet in El Yucateco sauce and shoot myself. And because it's one last time to flavor town. Can I can I can I come in with a personal for the El Yucateco? Because I had some breakfast burritos this morning and I put the uh, black label reserve on it. Mm, oh, yeah, delicious. Good. Yeah, I, I had some uh, I had a I was going to say breakfast burrito, but really it's a taco. Mm-hmm. And I put some of the uh, green sauce in there. It is fucking delicious. I've never tried green. At least I... Today's the first time I remember was putting that green sauce. spiritual that you were just saying? I, I couldn't remember, but today's the first time I remember putting green sauce in my tacos, mm-hmm. in my breakfast burrito tacos. I've done it in, in bean burritos, but today I was like, oh my God. Wow. Did I just get turned on? Yeah. <laughs> By hot sauce? You did, sir. So... Um, another thing you can do with El Yucateco hot sauce is, is you can put three drops of it in your mouth and, you know, walk into any court and you'll get that person off. It's on, you know, the defendant stand. So, um, that might come into play later on in the episode, but Hey, that's how powerful El Yucateco is. It'll, it'll, it'll free you from a murder trial. <laughs> yes, indeedy. Dotly do guys. Uh, you might've just heard a chuckle in the background. It is not a demon. It is not a demon. Uh, would you like to introduce yourself? Well, sir, sir, hello? sir, state your name. Hello, hello. Yes, hello. My name is Vincent Cruz, returning again for my my third and hopefully not my final time. No, no, not at all. What was the first time? So I know we did uh the the castle. We did Huska. We did H- Huska Castle. Uh huh. But what was the first Huska? Th- yeah. 
then we did North Hollywood. Shootout. Uh, the second time was the North, North Hollywood shootout. Oh, really? Yeah. What? Why don't I remember you from that episode? You're probably drunk. Those are the, the those are the liquid years. Oh man, I don't remember. I I I remember the castle episode. That was a fun episode, and I remember doing that episode. But I for some reason I just remember it being you and me on that one. Huh. That is weird. Oh, it was just on? it was just straight straight facts on that one. You know, it wasn't a whole lot of you know color commentary. I wasn't coming in with a whole lot of flavor there. <laughs> man, <laughs> that's, okay. that's cool. Though. I, I was I was pretty vanilla on that one. <laughs> I'm excited that you're here, though. Yes. So this no, topic... we, we've, we've been trying to get this one for like a year. Exactly. Yeah. yeah like last year, we were actually going to uh, have you on because you mentioned on one of those episodes that uh, I guess your belief system is within voodoo. And I was like, that's perfect. When we do our Halloween episodes, uh, let's go ahead and talk about some voodoo, because that's the, like when I sit at work, when I'm done with all my work, like a good boy or whatever, I peruse the Wikipedia's or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I go down these rabbit holes and I went down a whole voodoo rabbit hole. And I even uh, was watching like all sorts of documentaries around this time last year. And I watched this documentary where it was like, I was like, I ain't trying to see like some of that, like St. Louis, like graveyard shift voodoo. Dude, I want to I- some real African shit. And I saw this lady who was like a, a voodoo queen. Like she was like the good voodoo witch or whatever. And then she like went to the village where like the bad voodoo witch was at. And they were throwing chingasos. Like it was the most glorious thing I ever seen in the, my life. Okay. So in all my research, I was going to do a joke where like I just listened to Godsmack over and over <laughs> <laughs> and like just wrote down the lyrics to the song voodoo. Real, real quick. <laughs> I went down that rabbit hole too. I was like, well, because I remember Voodoo by Godsmack was like a really I'm big hit. The one who was so far away. Dude, I remember in like high school um, <laughs> thinking like, man, this guy must. Like, I, I didn't get it at the time. It, for some reason, I thought it was like a very sexual song. Uh-huh. And and like I knew what Voodoo was, but it sounded like I thought it was like about him having sex like as a kid. And I was like. Man, this must be like one day, one day I'm gonna lose my virginity and I'm gonna play this song, <laughs> and uh, it never happened though. So I'm Thank still God, a virgin. <laughs> but I thought that video was really weird because it Sully Erna or whatever his the lead singer's name is, he's a Wiccan, and yeah. the video like revolves around like Wiccan Wiccan practices and whatnot. And I was like, that has nothing to do with voodoo. So what is the fucking point of doing this song? But I guess it's a whole song about like some like 1950s like horror movie, like where a zombie gets resurrected or whatever with voodoo. So one thing, um, fuck, I totally blanked out on what I was going to say. Um, the, the first zombies. Yeah. Oh, so, um, yeah, I actually wrote down that. Uh, I believe that the movie, the big first time that anyone talks about it is white zombie, the movie. Mm-hmm. But we'll talk about that later. Anyways. Um, so in doing research for this, I saw the. um what's it called like not zoom for some reason what's what's the the whenever like anyways it was like some like college age white dude goes to like new orleans to like like explore voodoo culture and he's like fucking nerd looking dude he looks like the lead singer of weezer and like (laughs) um he's just basically like in there like with all these like like african people and they're dancing they're getting like you know, they're going down like this rabbit hole of like just letting their themselves go and like really like down like the spiritual like I don't know, like spiral of, of of you know voodoo. And he's just standing there like like if you were at a fucking counting crows concert, like <laughs> like standing there stiff as a fucking board. And it, that I can't remember what is that fucking I forgot that journalism. Thing, whatever i'm gonna have to google it but it it was uh it was hilarious 
that was my experience with voodoo. <laughs> what about you, Vincent? How did you get into voodoo? Because like I said earlier, you're, you actually, um, you said that you're a practitioner of voodoo. Do you want to jump into that real quick for us? Uh, yeah, it all kind of started off as a joke. So it's like, I'm about as, you know, voodoo as I am Catholic, which is weird, you know, when you kind of actually start studying it and you see the, like, the, uh, the overlaps between Catholicism and voodoo. And then I just kind of, you know, you get interested in something, you kind of start researching, and then it's like, oh, that sounds, sounds kind of cool. Like, it, that's not at all what I thought it was at first, because there is just this um, sort of way the media represents voodoo, you know, in uh, you know, popular culture and movies. Like, I've seen, uh, have you ever seen The Serpent and the Rainbow? Yeah, I've seen mm-hmm. like parts of it and whatnot. But yeah, like you're right. Yeah, though, we're, like, we're Bill Pullman. Yeah. Yeah, and then like even James Bond, like they, he has like a, like it's like a sub villain in one of the movies where it's supposed to be an actual voodoo character, which is Baron Samiti, and like he's like this bad guy, this like hex going around hexing everybody. Art at the beginning of this episode brought uh, brought up uh, old wrestlers. Um, one of the Godfather who was in the Nation of Domination with The Rock. Uh, one of his original characters that he got introduced as was Papa Shango, which was supposed to be like a, you know, a voodoo, like shaman or whatever. And he was a super bad guy that would put curses like on the undertaker and the, the ultimate warrior. He had like made me blood come out of his like perfect perm, <laughs> the haircut and shit. But yeah, voodoo was <laughs> always portrayed like in the mainstream, in the mainstream media as like this very devilish practice. And I was, I even um, put the, yeah, um, become synonymous with like uh with like what <laughs> oh sorry there, there's some lag there but yeah it becomes mm-hmm. synonymous with like devil worship and and witchcraft and cannibalism mm-hmm. and you know animal sacrifice and that kind of thing yeah and there is some elements to that in like different forms of voodoo and when i was really doing some research on like just voodoo in general like there it splits kind of like christianity where it's just like you have like you know your mainstream voodoo which is kind of like you know the catholic church and then like you have all these splinters like they have a beef with so and so and whatnot but i believe like the actual country that voodoo like originated was like in a a country called benin and like it's gone by several different names throughout like the centuries and whatnot but like that's the the central part in west africa that this came through but there's a lot of different splinters that splinter off like different tribes they have a beef and then they start their own um you know section of voodoo or whatnot and it gets all the way out to like senegal where you know you get this whole different form of voodoo so it'd be kind of like you know christian church where it's like you have catholicism you got jehovah witnesses you got you know mormonism you got seventh day adventist you have the westboro protestants yeah, you know what's it's crazy. Like you say, like it it varies from country to country. Like, mm-hmm. like you know, a country like Belize, in which I've always just like viewed as a very Latin American country. Like it's very like much like a lot of voodoo culture in there. Brazil has its version. They don't even call it voodoo. I think the condombel jeje is what they call it, uh-huh. which is Portuguese for some for voodoo. <laughs> um, but like, like the fact that. I was under the impression that it was very like much like like West African, like small islands in like the Caribbean and like New Orleans. And that's it. Like I was so when I when when you said that, like I even brought up to Jacob, like in a text when we were doing it, preparing for this episode, I was like, man, that's so crazy that like Vincent's even like involved in this, like at all. Like it's just not because like, you know, we live in Bakersfield and like Bakersfield is like 
fucking like cows and like oil fields and like <laughs> there's like no real voodoo culture here like it's, Valley it's bible fellowship it's, yeah it's a lot of that it's like dried up like spiritualism <laughs> no offense to like christianity but it it does feel like very much spiritualism by the books here like there we don't have a lot of room for like any any like outside culture kind of thing here yeah. or else it's like viewed as like satan <laughs> that's satan yeah. <laughs> like and that's uh, why i wanted to have keith on just to kind of be like that christian voice in the background but um that's the actual like that's what voodoo trans like the name voodoo translate to is like spirits yeah and like that's a, a big thing within voodoo is just communicating with like ancestors which you see like in movies like in the lion king uh black panther so it's a very much a part of like african culture and then when i was really doing like some deep dive research on you know voodoo and whatnot and just religion in general like Africa is we call that the cradle of life like a lot of things come out of Africa and I was thinking I was like wow like there's like Vincent mentioned earlier there's a lot of similarities between like the Catholicism and voodoo as well like the you know the praying to different spirits that's the praying to different saints and whatnot and I was thinking in back of my mind Christianity not just Catholicism takes a lot of cues from like Egyptian religion and culture and you got to think like, well, the Egyptians, they didn't create all that like on a Wednesday, like that had to come up from somewhere. And then when you look at it, like where like these these religious beliefs come from and it's been around since centuries, it's possible that was all influenced and went north up to Egypt, which continued to grow and influence into different aspects because you see a lot of similarities with like Norse mythology and voodoo as well. So it's to me, it's like one of those things that comes full circle where, you know, it went through this region of like Benin, you know, goes up to Egypt and goes up to Jerusalem and like all these like holy lands and whatnot, then like furthers itself out, you know, to Asia and uh, goes into the northern fucking Alps of like Switzerland and like Ireland yeah, and, shit, yeah. and then comes, you know, through the Caribbean and into like Mexico and then the northern American states. So, so like voodoo becomes voodoo in like, like once it really hits Haiti, because it in in its like African form, it really wasn't voodoo just yet. Like it mm -hmm. it evolves. Um, but one of the things that you mentioned, like you know, there is entanglements with like other like religions. Very much like the Catholic religion plays a part in voodoo as well. One of the things that I thought was like super interesting was, um, I guess the spirit of like death and resurrection, the Baron Sandimi. Oh, Bar Baron Samiti. Yeah, like that to me was like super interesting because the day that is like dedicated to that spirit is November 2nd, which is the Day of the Dead. Day of the Dead. Yeah, and like it's to me that like that's no coincidence. Like these cultures are very much entangled with each other. And like I, I to me that that was like a big rabbit hole when I went down, like, you know, down that rabbit hole of like not just that, but it's, you know, as weather starts to change, like, trees start to die like leaves start to fall and like that to me is like it, it's it's a it's a very like beautiful symbolism like the way like hispanic culture and i guess that's catholic culture i always just viewed it as like hispanic culture when they do the day of the dead and like offerings to the like relatives that have died it's very similar to like what like voodoo like offers to their dead like their dead it's very much a part of like voodoo culture and like mm -hmm. and like somebody i was watching a, a video about it and they they use it like they said such a like beautiful phrasing when they said like like it's almost like worship not, i don't want to say like worshiping the dead but like the dead is like a huge part of like it's venerating uh, the dead it's, it's honoring them and that's why you yeah. put out like their favorite foods or you put out these offerings you know you put some booze out or some cigarettes you know what mm -hmm. whatever because yeah that's just um 
like you see in the movie Coco, yeah. <laughs> like putting putting bread out, and it's like, man, why are you putting bread out? It's like, yeah, because the dead are gonna come and take their shit. Yeah, or you know, if you want, just put you know Tony Hawk pro pro skater <laughs> out yeah. my grave if you want, like things like that. Yeah, and it kind of leads into like the main topic that you know I wanted to get into was uh, Marie Laveau, who was considered the queen of New Orleans voodoo. Um, now I was messaging with you, Vincent, where like voodoo is such a huge topic that i mean we can splinter off and like do separate episodes on their own like haitian voodoo like art you brought up like that's totally different from you know west african voodoo there's hoodoo which is a whole different you know realm of spiritualism in itself like has nothing really to do with voodoo but it has like a lot of similarities but just it's like voodoo voodoo has to do with hoodoo hoodoo like um it doesn't have the same structure i guess as voodoo like it doesn't have the same can you clarify um, the differences? Okay, yeah. So you have Haitian voodoo, you know, which was really more uh, based on like the African religions from all the different tribes. Because, you know, it was common practice for, um, you know, powerful tribes to subjugate other tribes. And then when that would happen, you know, and they would sell those, because uh, they would take them as slaves, they'd take the defeated warriors as slaves. And so they'd sell them off to, you know, Europeans, like the, the Portuguese or the, the French. And so... Um, Haiti, before it became Haiti, you know, it was uh, St. Domingue, which was, it was Spanish before that, it was St. Domingo, but, you know, the Spanish gave, I guess, part of the island to the French, and they started a sugar plantation there. And so then you have all these different uh, tribes who are all mixing there, and then they're all blending their languages, their religions together, because they're all forced to work together. Mm -hmm. And eventually, you know, there's the slave revolt in Haiti, and that's that's its own topic there, the, the Haitian Revolution, because it was yeah. like the first and only successful slave revolution. And it's, yeah, it, it's amazing the, what they did. It's funny, because they credit the uh, the spirit of, like, fire for that, for, like, even, like, starting that revolution I thought that was like kind of cool too. Like that, I guess like the, the spirit of fire was the one that said, you know what? You guys should revolt. Like you guys shouldn't take this shit and like burn that shit down. Yeah. It was essentially that. I was like, Oh, we're going to burn this motherfucker down. <laughs> like it was really cool when I was like going down that history. A lot of like the research that I did was very much like in the history of it. And like when it started splintering off and like how it's like very big in like Haiti, like Haiti has its own like, different thing because one of the things that people will focus in on the hate the the difference between like new orleans voodoo and like haiti voodoo is like in haiti like this is the part where i guess it'll sound very halloweenish but like the idea of a zombie is very much like in haitian, haitian, yeah. haitian culture like very very embedded in haitian culture of like they very much believe that the zombie is a, a very real thing that can be achieved yeah, the, there was a, a famous um, voodoo practitioner, or voodoo priest, I should say, uh, Dr. John Bayou, who was from Haiti. And the way he got his reputation is he like some of his works was like raising people from the dead. And so, I mean, whether he really did that or not, or it was just, you know, a parlor trick, I don't know. But like that was a again, he was from Haiti. He was one of the refugees that found his way to New Orleans. And that was how he got his his reputation is like actually like raising people from the dead. I saw a documentary on um, like the history channel when I was doing this research, it was a clip of like this dude that said that somebody was like kidnapping people from like Haiti and like having them like, like, like getting them sick enough to the point where they're like, 
can be pronounced dead. And then I guess he was having those same people like work on a plantation in like Haiti, which at, at this point you, you got me like probably true. Like there's some shady shit going on in like those Latin American like governments and yeah. like all that shit. Um, but he said that he, he had been dead and like his family had seen him dead. And like, you know, there's things like that, like that blowfish fish that can stop your heart or whatever. And like, like th- there are some poisons out there that can do that this type of thing. I mean, it's, it's, this is the part where it starts, like, it, it really started to pique my interest in, like, the whole, like, zombie part of, of voodoo, right? And, like, it, it was, it, and, like, he, they showed him and he talked about, like, this was my grave. And, like, the reason I have these scars is because, like, when they were putting the nails in, like, they were, like, putting, like, some of the nails, like, cut me. And, like, that's why I have these scars on me now. Wow. And I was like, damn, that's, like, fucking, like, that's, you don't fake that. You don't fake like nail like scars from your grave. Like that's some true Shia LaBeouf yeah, method acting. Right yeah. there. <laughs> I was like very like it, you know, it piqued my interest. I'm a very skeptical person, but this one I started to like, and, and because there's some science behind it, like we did the fluoride episode not to get all like down the conspiracy level of this whole thing. But like, there are, I'm sure scientific ways of putting people in like this docile zombie state mm-hmm. of, of like, being a slave basically mm-hmm. interesting stuff and that's saying. a big thing too i think with like this whole like voodoo thing too like where it's like not just like you know putting spells and curses on people or you know conjuring spirits or you know communicating with the dead and whatnot a lot of it too has to do with like healing like herbal healing and whatnot yeah and we'll, we'll kind of get into it when we talk about marie laveau but like there was a big you know yellow fever outbreak you know in all of louisiana and you know at the time you know medical professionals you know their ways of dealing with these things was to like do some cocaine yeah cocaine you know put leeches on yourself leeches blood let yourself which is very like a satanic practice so like then you have like this quote-unquote satanic priests and uh uh, voodoo queen saying like nah you need to take this herb it's like kind of like aspirin it's like where do they get the aspirin shit from or just take this root and it'll alleviate some of your symptoms and it'll actually bring your fevers down and stuff like that which is a part of modern pharmaceutical medicine right now so like you you get like that true healer side of it as well which i was very much like that like piqued my interest in you know the topic as well because like they brought a lot of like natural remedies over you know from west africa to you know the southern united states it brought a lot of legitimacy to what they were doing because it seemed like oh you know they're making this potion but then like oh these people are getting better like, yeah, man, really? Because we, we were just going to give them heroin and mercury and uh, and you know stab them, you know, uh, cut cut the wrist or whatever. Like, oh, they got better from drinking some tea. Fuck. It's what? it's funny because like I remember a long time ago. This is when I was a kid, and like my uh, my grandma, she was she was not very religious, but she always had like all these like amulets and all this stuff with her. Like it was very like like she she dabbled in like these like kind of like mystic the mystical arts she was the doctor strange of like <laughs> she was the mexican doctor strange but anyways i remember one of the funny things that she would always do was that she always had marijuana with her and she would put it in her alcohol like rubbing alcohol uh-huh. and like at the time as a kid i was like oh my god i can't believe my grandma's doing that but but like looking at it now like that's something that's like very much like CBD. a thing now. Yeah, like CBD and like rubbing, like rubbing CBD on something to like help pain and things like that. Like that's a very real thing that was, you know, in 1993 or whatever. Like that was like taboo. Like no way. Like that, no way, dude. Just put some like fucking 
Ben Gay. Ben Gay, you're good, bro. <laughs> yeah. So um, now we're, you know, we've gone from Haiti. Um, Vincent, do you want to get into like the difference between like Haitian voodoo and like New Orleans voodoo? Uh, yeah, because New Orleans voodoo, um, it blended a bit more with uh, uh, Catholicism. And then also once uh, they, the French sold the Louisiana Purchase uh, territory to the Americans, then you're going to have some, you know, American Protestants coming in there and they're going to have a little bit of that blending in. And then you also have some Native American coming in mm-hmm. and some of their spiritual and folkloric practices along with some of their herbalism. So uh american louisiana voodoo is really just kind of like a gumbo it's just like throw everything in there yeah and see what works and i when i was talking about um the similarities between like you know west african voodoo and like christianity that's like a big that was a big selling point in new orleans voodoo as well because you know again talking to spirits you know worshiping you know not worshiping saints but like there's you mentioned too like baron samiti like all these practices kind of like mirrored each other like the day of the dead Baron Samiti, like all these different things where it was just like, oh, that's that's the equivalent of that person in my religion. That's the equivalent of that person in my religion. And, you know, there's even like a Jesus figure like within, you know, New Orleans voodoo as well, which kind of helped blend it in with, you know, the Catholic religion, because in New Orleans, you would have um, slaves or, you know, free people of color. They would go to church on Sundays. So there was a, a, a law. Well, they were being forced to go to church on Sundays. Well, no, no, because uh, there was a law. It was, um, it was French and Spanish. It was like the noir. Oh, shit. I had it written down. The code um, noir? Yeah, code noir, where it's just like you. these people are they're still people. So you have to allow them to, you know, have a day off, observe, you know, a holy day or whatever. And so they would go to church or mass, you know, at 10 a.m. or whatever on a Sunday. And then they would go to what's called Congo Square, which is still a very vibrant park where they would do like a lot of like these spiritual dances or, you know, voodoo practices and whatnot. And, you know, they would they would meet up with like relatives or friends like who are like within other households that were sold, you know, away from each other. And then like they, they it was kind of like a big marketplace as well, where they would sell like grigris, which were like, you know, spiritual bags that, you know, you know, provided blessings and whatnot. So it was like this, like Vincent was saying, like it was this big meeting place where they would exchange ideas. So it wasn't just exclusive to like slaves and people of color. Like you had like a lot of like, you know, rich aristocrats that would go there, um, you know, uh, curious, you know, white folks would go there. So it was like this multicultural uh, meeting place within New Orleans where like where they would share ideas and kind of come up with new amalgamations, which turned into like New Orleans voodoo. Yeah, but in the same way that the Spanish tried to uh, really instill Catholicism into the natives, the natives just like, oh, yeah, well, we'll just incorporate all your stuff. And the, you know, the Spanish are like, no, 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 you can't do that. You know, our <laughs> God's the one God. You have to worship this God. Like, well, that's stupid. You know, why, why don't we just bring him in and we'll worship all these gods together? Yeah. Like all, all these religions were really like inclusive and you're just mixing all these things together. Whereas, you know, the Christian or Catholic side was just like, no, don't do that. Just just this, just the one God. And it was really confusing to them because like, cause you know, you had the father, the son and the Holy spirit. So you got the Trinity right there. It's like, okay, well, it doesn't seem like it's monotheistic. You got these three things like, no, all those three things are the same God. Okay. But you still have all these angels and saints and stuff. So it seems like you have all these lesser spirits. Like, no, no, we just got the one God. Just put that in your heads. One God. Like, man, you fucking white people are crazy. Yeah. It's a little controlling. <laughs> a little bit. You know, one of the things that I kept seeing was um, 
especially in like the New Orleans times, it all reminded me of like in, Interview with the Vampire. <laughs> um, <laughs> and like great movie, by the way. Yeah, it is a great movie. Um, uh, one of the things that they like what they would do is they would just take the one that the the saint or I guess saint, yeah, like the saint that would most closely um like work as the fill-in for this person that they had in like voodoo in the voodoo religion and just be like let's just call it that whenever like white people are around and then like <laughs> whenever they're not whenever they leave the room we can call it that other thing around but like it was very simply like a way of like it was like, a workaround never, yeah it was like we're working around this whole thing because you guys are making us like like worship your guys is like saints so we'll just call them what you guys call them but we'll just pretend like we're 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 on the same team, but really we're doing our own thing over here. We're just adopting these names, which is like pretty clever. And it may you know that that's how religions die whenever like they're forced to like mm-hmm. adopt whatever like the white man says. But like they were very clever in, in like keeping very much you know their religion and culture still alive. Yeah, which well, I, mean, I mean, I mean, didn't the Christians do that in Rome too? Wasn't like the Christmas like the Feast of Sol Invictus or something like that. But they were just like, okay, well, we'll, we'll pick this day that you're forcing us to worship your pagan God, but we'll worship our God. It's the winter, yeah, the winter solstice and whatnot, which yeah. kind of yeah. comes into like here as well. Uh, but like, yeah, that you see that a lot in Christianity. Like we, you know, it takes a lot of cues from like Egyptian culture, pagan culture at the time. And it all just kind of like, you know, conglomerates into like this new thing. Like what started as one thing, it just kind of conglomerates as one another thing because it's like, oh, that that's the similarity to it, which kind of goes back to what I was talking about. Like, you know, you have this region of Benin that like has, you know, all these these practices and whatnot, and it ch- kind of just channels its way up, you know, from the cradle of life all the way through Egypt to Jerusalem and whatnot, and it finds its way back, you know, to New Orleans where they're kind of doing the exact same thing, kind of just adopting all these different belief systems which is kind of pretty much all the same <laughs> yeah because as we move and trade and and things you know all, all these different cultures and stuff they all they are, they're all mixed together we're all just sort of exposed to all these different things once we start exploring and trading and and yeah it, it becomes something completely new from where it started mm-hmm. greed yeah i mean it, it it is always interesting to to see how the, the there's probably more similarities with people than like differences but yeah like you know we, we always focus on our differences more than anything else and the similarities yeah so uh, as I, I told you guys um i kind of wanted to touch upon marie laveau uh just because i feel like she represents everything that we've been talking about today so quick little background on marie laveau um she was born a free woman of color you know she wasn't 100 percent black you know she had you know some other roots in her. She had Choctaw Indian as well as, you know, French blood in her as well. Uh, but her story kind of is the story of voodoo in a way. Um, in, in America, America, at least. Yeah, in America, at least. Yeah. Yes. Uh, where her grandmother, um, great grandmother, I should say, her name was Marguerite. In 1736, she was captured and kidnapped from Africa in Senegal um, at the age of seven and brought over by the French um, over to New Orleans at the time. Uh, her grandmother, um, Catherine Henry, uh, was owned by obviously a slave master named Henry and actually was able to buy her freedom, you know, from, you know, this French slave owner. And I guess you could do that back in New Orleans, I guess, like that code of New Orleans. When, when, well, when it was Spanish and French territory, yeah, that was something that you could do. You weren't just, you know, locked into slavery. Uh, yeah, you could either buy your freedom or someone could buy your freedom. Yeah, like you, if you wanted, if you wanted to, you know, stay, you know, 
you know, employed, quote unquote, you know, with this person, <laughs> you could do that. But at the same time, you could go to Congo Square. Like they always had that day off to, you know, like I said, you know, you could sell Grigri bags, you could sell voodoo dolls to, uh, you know, uh, curious, you know, white folks that would come through. So you can, you know, make your own income on the side as well as being a slave. And if you accumulated enough of that, you can buy your freedom. So Marie Laveau's grandmother, Catherine Henry, she did that. She took on the surname of Henry because that was her former slave owner. And then she had Marie Laveau's uh, mother, uh, who was uh, Marguerite Henry D. and Cantrell. So she kind of had like the same name as uh, her, her great-grandmother there. Um, they did that a lot. There's a lot of Marie's too. <laughs> yeah, Marie's and Marguerite. And it was all because, you know, yeah. they were giving tribute towards, you know, the Virgin Mary. And then the first the firstborn daughter would always have to be ma- named Mary. And then the firstborn son would always have to be married, be named Joseph. So um, Marie's mom, Marguerite, she um, has an entanglement, to use a Jada's Pinkett Smith word, with, <laughs> with a mulatto. Hot man. Yeah, with a mulatto, which is like, it, you know, mulatto, yeah. a, a combination of like, you know, French, white, and um, African descent. I named Charles, Le- Charles, Charles Laveau Trudeau. And if you were listening to Patreon, we were giving praise, high praise uh, to the Canadian Prime Minister, <laughs> Justin Trudeau. Uh, but then they, that's who... Um, bears uh, the voodoo queen marie laveau so marie laveau has this rich history of you know a- african roots and she's actually the first of uh, her and her mom are actually the first um people within her family to be free people of color um now marie at the age of 18 she marries uh, her first husband Jacques perry and this is kind of like up for debate because there's a lot of stuff with marie laveau that you know is not very verified if you look on the a website you'll get seven different stories um about her past but uh they all they, they that, can't even get her birth date correct like you know it's like, was yeah. she born in 1794 maybe 1801 uh. yeah so we, we're just going to kind of just paraphrase some of this shit uh, but they all agree that she married a uh, jacques perry in 1819 which brings her to being about either 18 years old or older at that time and then they have two children and then mysteriously in 1820 those children kind of just disappear and then four years later the husband kind of mysteriously just disappears now what probably happened was is that you know they all contracted the the yellow fever and they passed away and at this time there wasn't good record keeping but legend has it that this is when marie laveau was you know, and this is probably coming from the French side or the American side after Louisiana purchase that she did all sorts of like voodoo hexes on him. And that created a situation where he passed away and like he died and went somewhere else. And then that, you know, encompassed the children as well. But from that point, yeah, there's nothing to really substantiate that though. That's all just kind of fear monger and stuff like, yeah, folklore, because we brought yeah. up too, like with Haiti, there was uh, when the Haitian revolution happened, there was a lot of refugees, you know, that came over to New Orleans at this time and that anything associated with voodoo was kind of looked down upon. It was kind of like their war on terror, like anything, anything was- associated with Haiti was looked down upon. Like the Americans didn't like the Haitians, the French didn't like them. It's like, Oh man, like especially Americans didn't like them because they didn't want their slaves to do that. No. Yeah, so it became a very taboo thing where I was like before, like it was a very like just accepted thing that they did. Whereas like now it's like, oh shit, like they're they're like that this century's like Muslim. That, that's the language of revolution. Yeah, we can't have that shit. There's no Jesus in here. And so um she goes by the name of uh the widow Paris. Widow, widow Paris, yeah. Yeah. 
Or Patty. Yeah, there you go. And this is like where she kind of starts to gain her reputation as like a voodoo queen. She starts associating with um, her grandmother, who's like teaching her like the voodoo ways. They go to Congo Square and she meets up with uh, Dr. John Bayou, who, like we mentioned earlier, was, you know, famous for resurrecting people in Haitian voodoo. And like she kind of learns like the ways of, uh, you know, the Grigris, which, as I mentioned, is like a bag where you would put like. Uh, little trinkets in there, little lucky charms. It's an, an amulet kind of thing. Is that what it's called? Amulet. Yeah. Amulet. Yeah. Yeah. Nick, you'd put like, I mean, it's very basic objects. It'd be like a chicken bone and like a, like a, a, a rock, if you will, or like a rice. It was, it was different depending upon what your intention was, you know? So yeah. it would be, you know, maybe, maybe like a tooth or something if you wanted to, you know, curse somebody and you'd bury, you know, like under their front doorstep or something. But if you wanted like a blessing, then it would be like, I don't know, maybe one of your hairs and, you know, spit in it something i don't know but it was <laughs> like it, it'd all be different different depending upon what your intention was and what you wanted the the effect of the the green yeah. green to be and to me like I, when i was thinking about it i was like okay it's probably not something that actually you know worked or whatever it was just like kind of like the psychology of it like the power of suggestion like if you believe like this amulet or like what christians do you know they wear a cross or they wear a rosary or they wear you know different bracelets with saints on it that's going to grant you like safe passage. protection yeah yeah protection like it's what you mentally put into it which is kind of like what these gregories were so dr john showed her the ways of that um and you know being like a widow at this time she had to find a way you know to survive so what she did also too she gained enough money she opened up her own hair salon where the myth the myth of marie Laveau really takes off yeah that's her big bread and butter thing um she becomes pretty well known in New Orleans for for her hairdos, <laughs> yeah. and you know, like even today, like I just went to go get my haircut yesterday, and like the the staple of a good of a good barber shop or any place to get your hair done is like the conversation you're having when you're getting your haircut, you're getting your hair done, um, and it's that's basically her bread and butter. Any gossip that came through New Orleans, she found out about it through this. She was kind of like the gossip queen and like gossip with gossip and knowledge brings power. Yes. And like, that was her big thing. Like, you know, if you wanted to know something, you went to her because she probably did someone's hair who knew about it already. And she not only just did hair for just not just anybody, she did hair for like the wealthy, rich white women, you know, and they would go in. And like you mentioned, like, you know, when you go get your hair done, like whether it's at a barbershop, you know, you're talking sports, you're talking, you know, your relationships, you're talking what like just guy stuff. Girls do the same thing too. You know, I work in an office full of women and that's what they talk about. Oh, I can't wait to get to the shop and talk to this with, you know, my hairstylist and whatnot. And so she would, why do don't that. you ever stop them and go, you can talk to me about it. Nah, they won't do that. <laughs> talk to me about it. I'm a nice guy. Talk, talk to me. Talk to me. <laughs> but, but she, yeah, Marie could leverage that information and it gave her again, credibility. Cause it seems like when she's talking to the spirits or whatever, and is giving people advice, <laughs> it's like, Oh, how do you know so much about my life? It's like, it's like, you know me. Yeah. And what she would also do is like at Congo square, like where she was a very prominent person, like she would re she would lead like these spiritual, you know, dances and conjurings and whatnot, you know, people, congregated or people of color congregated to her you know both enslaved people um you know free people of color and they would tell they would tell marie laveau like hey that you know that rich white lady you do the hair for hey she's got a husband that's being unfaithful to her like hey you might want to you know slip that in there because what 
that these people would do, not only would they get their hair done at Marie Laveau's hair salon, but they would also, you know, hire her or go to her house or she would go to their house. And like, she would kind of do like these tarot readings or she would do like these dream interpretations for them, or like she would give them business, business advice. And like you guys were saying, like she would use all this insider information to kind of get a one up on them. So like, like I was saying earlier, like if like that, you know, uh, slave or like that indentured servant was saying like, Hey, that rich white lady right there, that Kathy Bates bitch, she fucking has a husband who's cheating on her with like a, a girl 20 years younger than her. She Marie would bring that up and be like, Hey, if you want this to stop, you need to do, you know, you need to buy this Grigri or you need to do this ceremony or you need to take this potion and you know, that'll get him to stop doing that. Yes. I didn't know. I didn't <laughs> know. But, uh, I, I concur. <laughs> agreed. Um, yeah. I mean, that was, that's, you know, that brought to fame. Everybody went to her. Politicians went to her. Lawyers went to her. It, she was the talk of the town. Like anybody that, that can like gain that much like respect in one single area, especially back then before the internet where like it was all word of mouth and like the word of mouth was that she was fucking good at her job. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we we've kind of dabbled, I think, on one of the Patreon episodes we talked about like Walter Mercado and like that kind of like, you know, that kind of vibe of like mysticism, mysticism, you know, and she brought that with her. Like even like even uh like what is she considered a priestess? Voodoo queen. Voodoo queen, like voodoo queens today. I think uh like the big voodoo queen of New Orleans right now, I think her name is like Bloody Mary or something yes, like that. I saw that, yeah. Like Bloody Mary is like you see like the way it is, like believe it or not, like like the way she presents herself and like her surroundings are very mystical looking. Like mm-hmm. you are not in your element when you go there, right? Did you see the BuzzFeed? I did. Yeah. And um I thought it was although it's it's beautiful, it reminded me of like of of like I don't know. It, they use a lot of pinks in voodoo for some reason, like the the color pink. I don't know if that's symbolic for something. Um, but the fact that they use like pink on their walls a lot was like, man, this is kind of beautiful. Like it's, I've always thought of pink as like a tacky color, but the way that they use it, I was like, that's kind of cool. I kind of dig that. Mm-hmm. But um, I don't know. I was, I was, I was like, man, I don't know if I believe this. I'm, I'm a very skeptical person when it comes to like religions. I have my own thing on on those things, but I, I do like the fact that there seems to be a, a very high level of passion. Anytime someone like involved in voodoo seems to talk about their religion, which is very, very interesting to me. And I think that, you know, we talked about, um, who's the guy we talked about two episodes ago. Alistair Crowley. Alistair Crowley. Like, I think that with passion, like breeds a certain level of magic. We can call it magic or whatever. But I do think that, you know, I talked about like when you go see a, a musical concert and sometimes you just let yourself go and like fully invest in like, of like what is being like like the music part of it just like your soul just connects to that he had like sex magic or whatever and like you can call it whatever you want but there is like a level of like when you're like you know like making love to your woman or whatever and like you just connect on like a more like spiritual spiritual level like like fuck everything else like i'm not gonna stop because it's like is like amazing kind of level you know and like I do think that there is a level of that. Like there's no science to that. Mm -hmm. There's no science to like why I'm connecting with someone like shredding it on the drums right now. Like it just feels like connects to my soul. And I think that like voodoo is very much in that realm of like, 
like just let yourself go like whenever you see like the voodoo rituals of like someone just like dancing or whatever to the point where like their eyes roll back like like and they encourage that like you know during these rituals like it's it's kind of beautiful like it's kind of a beautiful like yeah it almost reminded me of just like a pentecostal church you know where they're speaking in tongues and they're shaking and dancing and and stuff it's like yeah yeah you just let yourself go you just you know unleash all your inhibitions and you just you let the spirit flow through you it's the holy spirit because you you mentioned the trinity with you know uh, the christian church where you got the father son and the holy spirit the father is up in heaven jesus was the person that came down and died for our sins and the holy spirit every Sunday, no matter what church I've been to, I mean, Vincent, you've been, you went to our old church with Keith and I, um, no matter what church I've ever been to, like they're always trying to invoke the Holy spirit, which is a big thing with voodoo as well, where like they're trying to invoke different spirits. The Holy spirit is what, you know, Christians try to invoke. And it, it ties into what art was saying. Like I've felt that where it's just like they, they're praying, they're seeing that scared the shit. I mean, I thought that was a person. (laughs) Your water bottle when you did that, I was like, "Oh my god!" It was like oh, a he invoked the fucking Holy Spirit right there. Um, but yeah, with like their fist in my face. That's why you guys need to watch a live stream, by the way. Exactly. Um, <laughs> but like, you go to like a Christian church, and you can bring up like a Baptist church, or it can be um, you know a non-denominational church. Like that's a big thing. Like where you know we mentioned Valley Bible um, Fellowship, I believe, on the Patreon, and maybe earlier on in this episode, where like that's a big thing. Like where they have like half a million dollars in fucking uh musical equipment on the stage and they're just giving praise to god and you feel that in you like you feel like if, whether it's the holy ghost or it's just, that's just the spirituality of music you feel that and you feel something within you where like you're just letting go and the same thing marie laveau would do the same thing like she, it was it's called saint john's eve where she would lead like these big old spiritual gatherings do the same thing like songs dances and chants and um, on this big lake, Lake uh, Pontetrain, I want to say it's called Pontetrain. And what they would do is like they would do these like spiritual awakenings and she would do things where she would um, invite spirits because in, that's a big thing with voodoo as well. Like you you conjure spirits and you ask for them. I don't want to say the word possess, but that's the best word I can think of right now. To, to possess, flow through you. Yeah, to flow through you just like the Holy Spirit, if you will. Uh, again, guys, if you're keeping track of how many times I say, if you will, I believe I'm up to like take a five. shot every time Jacob says, if you will. Yeah, that's the oh, new man, thing. I'm going to get wasted. Yeah, because I say it all the goddamn time. But um, she would do these um, rituals on St. John's Eve, which was like the summer solstice. You know, that's basically what that is. And uh, people would spy on her in the newspapers. They would write up this review. Uh, voodoo witch uh, uh, doing these uh, satanic rituals on the lake. But when all reality she was actually leading church processions because she, Marie Laveau herself was a super devout Catholic. And she would go around to, um, after, you know, these, uh, these spiritual awakenings on the lake, she would go down, she would go around to uh, prisons and preach to uh, prisoners and try to like have them accept Jesus as their savior and whatnot. Uh, but like, she would just do all these favors for the less fortunate Um after all of these like spiritual awakenings. And to me, like that doesn't like when you think of a stereotypical, like satanic, you know, gathering, you think of them like sacrificing a baby or something like that. You don't see people doing black magic, if you will, going and doing like all these super good deeds for the less fortunate. And there was a really big kind of smear campaign against uh, voodoo and especially in Haiti. Cause there was a, uh, there were sure there'd be more, um, be more modern. Mm-hmm 
you know, because now that they're their own country and they were trying oh. to, you know, restart the, the plantation. App. Yeah. Download Voodoo. <laughs> voodoo.com <laughs> yeah so they're they're trying to modernize and they're like no let's let's stop doing voodoo so they're trying to outlaw voodoo and there was this trial where they had sentenced like four men and four women to be executed because they said they were they were cannibals and they were doing these satanic practices and and yeah the the president at the time was a reformist and he was catholic and he really wanted the, the island to be catholic and like forget this voodoo stuff and that was kind of the mentality that it spread around. Like a lot of the travelers who'd been to Haiti or had been to Louisiana had just written about these things. And yeah, from an outsider perspective, it looks weird. Mm-hmm. Like just seeing, uh, I watched this Vice documentary and just seeing like the, the actual practice take place. It's like, yeah, that, that looks weird where they're taking, you know, swigs of rum and spitting it on the ground. And Vice was the one I was thinking of early on. Is that someone that they have that like nerdy college kid go, go to like a voodoo ritual and he's just like, a wallflower the whole time <laughs> and is that the one where they're in new york city to be fair that's every vice documentary though. every vice documentary is like the lead singer oh, no, this, this one was just like the, this one was just the priestess and how oh. she was the modern day uh vo- voodoo you know as they pronounce it there and uh this was in the wake of the um the hurricane not the hurricane the earthquake that had happened in voodoo i think it was in uh, haiti it was 2010 oh, yeah. 10 i think and yeah and just how much of the community outreach she'd done like people who had lost their their homes and their families like she'd let them into her place and like they were they were really just trying to help each other out and that was her thing was just like you know trying to unite people with these these voodoo rituals spiritualism yeah and um that, that's the thing with like marie laveau as well um with her uh, not her second husband i guess like he was um like her common law spouse, I guess that's what they were calling it. Yeah, they're just cohabitating. Yeah, they're, it, they're doing the whole uh, what, what's her name, Goldie Hawn and uh, Kurt Russell. <laughs> and they're just they're just living together. They have kids and they've been together for like 20, 20, 30 years. But yeah, living in sin, if you will, that's another one. Um, but I guess Christophe Galapion, he was like I guess a French nobleman. He was a white guy, and um, they weren't allowed to marry because of you know that racial dynamic there. But it was said it's they, American by now. Yeah, it's American by now, but it was said that they had 15 children, you know, within their relationship. But a lot of, you know, historians were talking about like, oh, they probably only had about three or four, like, you know, biological children. But like what she would do is because she was like a community activist, like she would go and like I said, she would go to these prisons and, uh, you know, preach, you know, like like Sean Penn, that dead man walking movie with Susan Sarandon, like she was playing the Susan Sarandon uh, role. And, you know, she would like see all these orphans, like she would take them in. Uh, there's a story about how like she got this one orphan uh, sent and paid for his whole education, you know, through, uh, you know, kindergarten, basically through college, you know, would take in all these people. So she was actually a very noble person uh, within, you know, the community. Who still owns slaves. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, that and- did come up. I mean, yeah, I'd heard some some mixed stuff about her her altruism. It's like, yeah, I'd heard that she had she bought slaves in order to free them, but then like there was kids who were born in slavery, you know, under her slaves, and like she sold them at a profit. So it's like, ah. hey, but you got to pay for that education, though. Come on, man. I guess. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not trying to. Got to be practical about it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, one one thing I am curious about, Vincent. Um, not to jump off that topic, but it just kind of hit me right now. Like, how do you feel um, the way of like voodoo is portrayed 
like currently like like i was just thinking like man there's like voodoo donuts and like things like that like rarely is like uh any religion really portrayed in like almost like a borderline like comical way like you wouldn't see like jesus donuts or something like or maybe there is a place called jesus Dude, donuts. south carolina i bet you anything there's a jesus jesus donut. donuts and they sell like a jesus on a cross kind of donut um <laughs> like like two two maple like, bars like put together yeah and i don't mean like jesus donuts in like the way that like 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 it's a tribute to jesus but like as like a gimmick kind of thing like voodoo donuts is very much a gimmick like mm. they're you know like that kind of thing or like the way that like like the movie we talked about the movie like white zombie earlier about how like it was portrayed for the first time in like american cinemas though it was just like oh these people are like savages like it was basically like anyone that practices voodoo is like full-on savage like they'll worshiping like um and i mean you're you're relatively young you're not you weren't around during white zombie i hope not just a man maybe (laughs) Um, but I mean, you are around now for like voodoo donuts and that type of thing. Like, um, and I don't know if you like know other people that are involved in voodoo, but, um, how is all that taken? Like in, I guess the voodoo culture, religion. And that's the thing, like my own practitioner voodoo is really, I guess, along more the lines of hoodoo, where it is just kind of like the magical aspects and not so much like the religious hierarchy, um, and so I see the way that it's kind of just been commodified and homogenized, like all these different things like hoodoo and Santeria and Haitian voodoo, like all these different things are just kind of portrayed in the, in the mainstream media as just being satanic practices or it's just this, this weird you know, religion. And so I, I had this joke where I said, you know, what, what's the difference between Catholicism and voodoo? Uh, one of them is a weird, crazy religion with a bunch of, you know, nutty practices and the other one is voodoo (laughs) (laughs) makes sense yeah you know speaking of centuria centuria really went downhill once that dude from sublime started practicing that shit (laughs) (laughs) he said he don't practice santeria once he i don't practice santeria i don't i ain't got no crystal ball yeah once he stopped practicing that shit never mind i just not a sublime fan so anytime i get to take a shot at sublime i'm taking it (laughs) I will say this though, I kind of do dig that song, but at the same time, I don't get the Sublime hype. But I mean, if you're a Sublime fan, good for you. Dude, the problem with Sublime is like, what's with all these white people into reggae, man? You guys are killing my vibe. Yeah. That's my issue with Sublime. Which lead it all back to like the voodoo donuts uh, discussion and whatnot. Um, but, but yeah, and into the commodification of, of voodoo in the same way that there's like, you know, voodoo tours, like the graveyard tours in, uh, in New Orleans and shit like that. Yeah, yeah. I, I kind of have a foot like in both um, both arenas, I guess, on that. Because at the same time, I do feel that is tacky and for like the longest time. But I mean, they were commodifying it even back right. in the day when they were selling the Gree Gree and they were selling, you know, exactly. Juju and stuff like they were exactly. still using it to make money. Exactly. Wait, what is like doing ghost tours and stuff like that? Is that what we're talking about? Well, like with Marie Laveau, like the whole Congo Square, like because that's where I was leaning towards. Like on, on one end of it, one aspect of it, I'm like, oh, that's kind of cheesy. Like you're gonna pay like twenty dollars to go see Marie Laveau's grave, but at the same time, like you brought up Vincent, like that's the whole way that this you know got popular is because of you know Congo Square. You know they would sell grigris. The whole idea of a voodoo doll was kind of kind of like like snake snake oil if you will that's six maybe 
um, <laughs> that, um, you know, they would go to, you know, these white people's houses and say like, Hey, if you put these pins in this voodoo doll, it'll get, you know, extracted revenge on your enemy, which was totally just made up. So like they were kind of already doing that. Like they were, you know, marketing voodoo, you know, for the business aspect of it on itself. But at the same time, it's like one of those things where if, you know, as long as you're keeping it pure, like I looked up like the voodoo tour um, in New Orleans that they have available right now um, during COVID times. And I believe the Catholic church actually um, authorizes a voodoo tour of um, the St. Louis cemetery. Number one, where Maria Laveau is supposedly buried. Supposedly, Yeah. And they, they did that though, because, and this is what I thought was interesting. It's just like, here you have within your Catholic owned cemetery, you know, this voodoo queen or voodoo witch as they were, you know, you know, pronouncing her and like all the papers and whatnot, you know, they pretty much demonizing her, but you have her buried within your cemetery. Initially, you know, up until 2015, like you were able to just walk in there, you know, go in there, draw an X on her tomb, you know, shout out whatever wish you wanted Marie Laveau to have grant you or whatever, leave all these uh, trinkets, offerings. Offerings, offerings on her grave. Uh, but eventually it kept getting uh, the the tomb kept getting like the face. I believe at one point somebody painted it pink, you know, like you were saying, uh, but they painted it with latex paint, which was going to cause the tomb to disintegrate because it was just going to trap in all the moisture. New Orleans being a super fucking humid area. So, you know, they, you know, took care of it and they pressure washed it. They rebuilt it. They re uh, plastered it if you will kept kept making it you know better place and then they finally said hey we're just going to make this cemetery because i believe uh saint louis uh, cemetery they have three different um lots uh, because after 200 300 years you know <laughs> that place is going to get filled up because it's an above ground cemetery everything is a mausoleum you know i, I believe nicholas cage he actually has like this like pyramid tomb that's like in one of the um, areas i believe it's in um plot number two and you look at it and it looks like the all-seeing eye like he's gonna be buried like in this prism <laughs> thing but uh he has that built or whatever so that, that is that totally tracks for nick cage i wouldn't expect anything less yeah <laughs> and so that's the whole rabbit hole i went down to because there's like a conspiracy that that's like the gateway to the illuminati <laughs> <laughs> oh, to man. the underground city so i don't know how true or false that is um, but yeah, the Catholic church actually stepped in and said, Hey, this is no longer going to be a place you can just walk in. You actually have to be, li- go through a licensed tour guide, which they're all like, just like new Orleans voodoo. It's like all this, like super, like cheesy fucking, you know what I had a, speaking of barbershops and all this whole thing, the uh, guy that used to cut my hair, he told me he went to a, a tour of new Orleans, like a ghost tour. Right. Uh huh. And then, um, it was really 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 cool the way he told it but i guess like so they did a tour of like he stayed in like downtown like new orleans right which is like super historic and um the the dude that was doing the tour was like basically like pointing out a building and he would tell him a story or whatever and then like um the my barber he like pointed at the building he was staying at right he didn't even tell him he was staying there but he's like what about that building there and he says oh that one's really haunted so that one um the I guess like the the guy that used to like live there would like drown slaves. So he would drown them so much he would take them to a bathtub and like overflow the bathtub and just like keep them there so they couldn't like um keep them like 
underwater and they would like try to get out so like people would report that like they would start getting like leaks like through the roof or like they would just randomly start getting like droplets while they're sleeping on them and things like that and then um he was like oh that's crazy and he said like literally the night that he went like to bed that night like him and his girlfriend or his wife actually his wife were had just gotten back home from like dinner or something it was pretty late he said he's like oh it's like one in the morning we were both just trying to like go to sleep when all of a sudden from the corner of the room like just droplets of water started like leaking from from that corner and so he's like holy shit and so he like went to go see if like of like there's gonna be like a like a water spot on the roof or whatever he's like there's nothing there it just like dried up like out of nowhere like there was no more water droplets happen especially in a humid place like new orleans yeah Yeah, and i was like holy shit hey it's possible yeah humidity can build up like that i don't know if it can build up that much to the point where there's like droplets like falling every five seconds because then that's another another issue altogether (laughs) but like it is pretty interesting like new orleans as a city the things that it has gone through with like the slaves that it had it held there and like uh after katrina a lot of people lost their lives like it's one of the places in the united states that i'm pretty sure if there are ghosts new orleans is probably like ground zero oh definitely like yeah um i'm serious like especially like those like southern areas down there like when i was in san antonio like you know those everything was surrounded by missions like you know like a bunch of people died here because of like it used to be a mission and like all these like people were slaughtered here before so they do give off some all the natives yeah (laughs) Pretty yeah. much natives out here. Yeah. And what's crazy is about that. Like, um, it was haunted even back, like, in Marie LeBeau's time. So, like, we're talking about, like, the mid-1800s. And, like, people would actually hire her to, like, you know, put blessings on their house. Um, she actually did exorcisms, like I saw. So, I was, like, I was super taken aback by that. Like, I was trying to find more information on that. But I guess it was just, you know, people, like, they they would encounter some like crazy spirits in their home and they would invite Marie to come in and like, she would do either like a Bible study there. Like again, super Catholic lady, but also practices voodoo, but it was like, would do something where she would like mark something above like each doorway. And it was just like that history of new Orleans has like always been like that. I mean, you brought up, you know, a interview with a vampire, uh, one of our old co-hosts, uh, Eric, like he was supposed to go like on a TV show where he's supposed to talk about New Orleans vampires. Um, my girlfriend and I, we were we used to watch uh, when we started dating uh, that American horror, horror story coven. <laughs> horror story. <laughs> American horror story. Horror story. <laughs> I'm Alex Jones. <laughs> but um, yeah, like they're, they're like a lot of uh, the tales that they try to incorporate with American horror story coven. A lot of it has to do with, you know, a lot of folklore that came out of there. Like you mentioned with like that slave owner that would like drown in slave. There was a lady there that would also do that. Like she would torture her slaves and like mutilate their bodies and like bury them underground. I guess like within American horse or I don't know how true or not this is, but I guess her and Marie Laveau like had like a beef. I know in the show that happened, but apparently like she had that lady buried under her property, like buried alive. So that a lot of that, history of new orleans is very ripe and has been ripe for some time i think there was a good episode of lore about that not too long ago you listen to podcast lore yes every once in a while Mm, me are you asking me as well Uh, no i know uh yeah yeah no it's it's cool but um ah man i forgot that woman's name but yeah does she got in trouble for like 
you know, the house was burning down. Like she just let like the slaves die in there. Yeah. She was just shitty ass person. Awful. Yeah. Yeah. But um, to kind of, you know, in the vibe of the whole creepiness or whatever, but there was a, a theory that Marie never really died. And there's like always reports of people like seeing her like walking down Bourbon Street, walking through, you know, St. Louis uh, Cemetery, walking through Congo Square, walking there. I believe there's like a church uh, that, you know, was right across the street from the cemetery. You can see her there like um, during mass. Uh, you can see her in the courthouse. Like one of her most famous stories was is this rich family. Um, their son was on trial for murder. Uh, and the lawyer said like, hey, it's pretty much going to be impossible to uh, you know, get him off for this. Like he's pretty much, he's going to go to jail and they believed he was innocent. And so they went to Marie uh, to do some kind of blessing over the sun. And what she did was that she put three super hot Guinea peppers in her mouth. I don't know how hot or not hot Guinea peppers are. We'll just say they're about as hot as this uh, El Yucateco uh, Caribbean right here. She put three of those peppers in her mouth and prayed at the altar at that church. And then when she was done, I lit, lit a candle lit a candle when she was done she went to the courthouse that morning and put those three peppers under the judge's chair and um that day uh the judge dismissed the murder case and um marie ended up getting like a house out of it because that was her payment uh but they say like yeah you can see like her ghost like walking around like that courthouse like putting the peppers or a bottle of L you could take under like the ju- Dang, judge's that's seat. hustling man i'll give her that yeah so she shout out to her I'm gonna, I'm gonna offer, I'm gonna offer, I'm gonna offer a counterpoint. I think it was people seeing her, and they're just like, they're just seeing like a random black lady go up there, and they're like, oh man, that's her. That's because from what I, from, from what I hear, she never sat for a photographer. She never sat for a portraitist. Mm-hmm. So all like the drawings of her are just secondhand accounts of what what she looked like. So no one actually knows what she looked like. Yeah, that way time someone says like, oh, they see uh, George Washington in the white or like whatever. Like, it's like, dude, okay, so like that, it's always like stretching the whole like ghost part of it. Um, they may, I'm not saying they don't see anything, but how do we know that's not like some fucking janitor that died here? Like, it's sexier to always see like George Washington's ghost and all this shit. Like, I don't know, more than likely it was just some fucking janitor or like any like one of them hundreds of thousands of slaves that have died in like the south possibly and then also too um somewhere like within marie's career she like retired and her daughter who they say looked exactly like her but just a younger version also named marie also named marie laveau um but marie laveau too uh she kind of continued her mom's practice she continued on with you know the hairdressing business like kind of did all the same things it's just like she had a shorter temper (laughs) that was like the only difference and so people were like saying that like marie laveau was like eternal just because of that fact so that's where you get like a lot of that lore from or or just that she'd live to be like 150 because in her uh i'm reading this um the newspaper clipping of her death it says death of marie laveau a woman with a wonderful history almost a century old carried to the tomb yesterday evening it's like was she really almost a century old or was that just well, she did die at like 80, didn't she? 80 doesn't sound that far-fetched. That sounds well, totally it, doable. it depends on wh- when she was born. If you're saying if she was born in uh, 1794 or 1801, like, I guess in, in her 80s, somewhere close yeah. enough. 
1881 is when I have it that she died. So, I mean, yeah, that's a pretty long fulfilled life. Yeah. And like, she actually served, like, what's amazing, we're currently in a worldwide pandemic, you know, with COVID or whatever. Like, she actually survived a fucking epidemic down in Louisiana, which was the yellow fever. Like, her and her daughters, like, they were healers. They, they would, you know, the government actually called upon her, you know, to, you know, put, you know, herbal healings upon like a like thousands of people that you know needed attention for the fucking yellow fever well also a lot of it was just let lead in the fever you know run its course yeah Not as opposed to you know or mercury or heroin or cocaine or opium or whatever they're a modern western what, what was yellow on. fever I guess it was like it was kind of like malaria, like because I guess oh. it came from like mosquitoes, and so yeah, like yeah. like that's for some reason I kind of knew you were gonna say it was like malaria. But. Yeah, and I mean it's, there's no cure. Well, for malaria it. was a big problem too. Yeah, still People is. still die of malaria. Yeah, West Nile and shit like that. But one of the best things you can do if you get malaria is uh, yeah, but the- drink some Gatorade. Yeah, yeah, because essentially diarrhea, like you're become so. Uh, dehydrated that you basically die like okay. basically you can't stop pooping until like but you know things like it sounds like me all like the a, time like an IB or like yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding <laughs> um, but yeah you, you just chug a Gatorade well, it, it from, from what I hear that was actually her her official cause of death was diarrhea well, yeah. hey. I had to, okay speaking of, of Gatorade I have uh, a so, uh, I, think, I think it was just her being dehydrated <laughs> I had I had a former coworker that told me that the cure to um to COVID was sunlight or sunshine and Gatorade, and I was like, "You son of a bitch! <laughs> I hope you get it. for Donald Trump." <laughs> you, they was the most Donald Trump fucking answer I could have ever imagined. Oh, sunshine and Gatorade. Anyways, in, in, inject some disinfectant. <laughs> what was it, Megatron or whatever he took? Regeneron. Regeneron. You gotta get that Regeneron that, cube. Ge- Ge- Regeneron is some fucking voodoo shit. Just saying. That's how you turn into Super Shredder. Yeah. <laughs> we I wouldn't be surprised if we get Super Trump next year where he's like five feet taller than he is now with like three more arms and he his eyes glow. Twelve pack. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know about the twelve pack. That's pushing. That, it. that sounds like a nightmare. <laughs> he might get knee pads, like weird, like his knees have knee pads somehow now. I don't know. Well, like little spikes coming out. Yeah. Okay. Anyways, guys, you guys have anything else you want to add to this episode? Uh, yeah, my favorite little factoid about, you know, we were talking about the people breaking into the tomb and, you know. Oh, yeah. was um the Misfits. Yes. My favorite favorite punk bands, the Misfits. They tried to uh, break into Marie Laveau's tomb and tried to exhume her. And that was something weird that I, I don't know how I didn't know that earlier. It's like Misfits are one of my, one of, one of my favorite, pan, favorite punk bands uh, in high school. You know what's fucked up about it though too is they went to the wrong cemetery. Like I went down that right. hole as well, <laughs> and they got arrested for breaking into like some like random ass person's like tomb and shit. Like it was like tomb number three. Yeah. <laughs> You're like not nah, here. Yeah. Damn, that sucks. I didn't know that. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah it sucks that they broke into the wrong one. Yeah. <laughs> damn. Have that on. Hey, they were, they were they were committed though. They they went there and they they tried to do the damn thing. Hey, I got I I can't I can't hate on the hustle. True. All right. So, Vincent, with that said, thank you so much for coming on. It's always a pleasure having you on, uh, filling in that third seat, if you will. Shout out. That's probably like eight <laughs> or nine. Again, guys, oh, I there we make, go. I want to make that a fucking thing. Like, anytime if you hear me say, if you will, you guys got a drink or you got to put three drops of L. You can take on your tongue and then post it and send it to us. But with that said, Art, you got anything else, sir? Um, 
Yeah, shout out to um, Vincent. Thank you for coming on. Uh, shout out to our sponsors and um, shout out to We're Not Sure Yet for next week's episode. Hopefully my internet gets stable because oh, yeah. I think a couple of times during this interview, like my internet went unstable. So uh, speaking of people, other podcasts or whatever, make sure you're going to the Podbelly Network where you can hear other great podcasts such as Vincent's podcast. Whoa, 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 what? Path that, that, of is, that is Path of Legends with uh, me and Keith Silvis, the, uh, the what did you call him? He's the Aztec, uh, the Aztec, Aztec oak. oak. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> As opposed to the Austrian oak. Uh, you can check out Vincent and Keith's podcast, Path of Legends. You can check out our sisters at the We're Not Sure Yet podcast, as well as uh, the world famous Sofa King podcast, as well as Ectoplasm. Hey, Ectoplasm, hit us up. We should do a fucking collaboration. Yeah, what's up with that? Yes. Yeah, so return our phone calls, goddammit. <laughs> <laughs> and make sure you follow us on all the social media outlets at Art and Jacob Do America, except for Twitter. We are at Art and Jacob Do A1. Go to tpublic.com slash Art and Jacob Do America where you can buy all of our official merch. We got three designs up there. I got some ideas that are rattling around in my head, uh, but I just got to put a pen to paper and make them happen. Make we had to do one with, um, a, with just like a swastika <laughs> and like Art and Jacob Do America, and that's it. That's How it. How about what is the Godsmack oh. logo? We should just like. Oh, like, is this the tram stamp? What the hell are you talking about? <laughs> We should have it's like, like a, literally just a tram stamp. We should just do that. Like we should just have that. Like as a as a as a sticker. I'd rather have a swastika than a tram stamp logo. It's pretty bad. It's a pretty bad logo. Guys, you're gonna want to go to artjacobdoamerica.com. <laughs> we got temporary tram stamp tattoos. Oh my god, dude, we should have fake tattoos like those water <laughs> tattoos. Yeah, let's that just do have this. the logo like that logo, whatever, or like whatever just like the stick be, on ones yeah put an x on my head or something oh shit. dude that'd be really cool hell yeah nicole hit us up you're you're the you're our designer we, we gotta do a collab with nicole where we sit down we send her some sketches and she sends us something back and then we come up with like a brand new t-shirt design maybe that donald trump t-shirt like where he's like super trump oh super trump okay he's got like covid good... he's like got covid like coming out of his nose or whatever but like he's got a fucking 12 pack for whatever reason yeah he's eating, it's like, that roid rage yeah he's eating fucking um the uh, aborted baby fetus oh, yeah, yeah. Take, taking dexamethazone or whatever <laughs> adrenochrome oh my god dude he's eating uh he's eating it out of hillary clinton's skull or whatever i don't know that's just some funny ideas we are not trump supporters by the way so don't fucking true that guys come on now uh but make sure also to uh if you love what we do um go to our patreon contribute a dollar contribute five dollars whatever you feel and you'll get a new bonus episode every single week as well as some swag that i'll send you in the mail i got stickers i got bottle openers i got fucking socks i got fucking koozies i got all sorts of shit that i gotta give out so uh go there and i will hook that ass up into a hand turkey there you go. No, that's that's November. That's that's uh, that sounds you. good right now, dude. It's coming up. It's coming up. I had cauliflower ready. pizza last night. Oh my god, I'm still thinking about it. It was so good. Was it good? It was really good. I'm afraid to try that. So, uh, once you got to make it from scratch. Don't fucking don't fuck around. DiGiorno doesn't have a fucking one. Sadly, no. Oh, I like DiGiorno though. Don't sleep on DiGiorno. Yeah, I'm all about DiGiorno. It's, it goes DiGiorno, Jesus family there you go <laughs> <laughs> anyways once we start talking about cauliflower pizza that cauliflower pizza that's how you know the episode is over so with that said everybody have a beautiful night Love you.